You're listening to the Talking Props Podcast, a product of Backfacts.com. I'm your host, Chip Ward, and today we're going to discuss budgeting for the 2015-16 farm year based on output cost or the estimated cost per bushel of grain. I'm happy to have Michael Gunderson on the show. He's a professor of ag economics at Purdue University. Michael, we've seen reports over the past few months that suggest cutting per acre costs to budget for next year. Why would you suggest otherwise? I mean, we really can't know the cost per bushel until it happens. Yeah, that's a great question. So I think uh, some of my fellow ag economists have suggested producers should consider cutting costs per acre by about $100. And uh, that's probably some good advice, and they probably follow up with some detail. But um, my own opinion is that probably is taking a really broad axe to maybe a more complicated problem that needs a scalpel instead of an axe. So it's probably improved decision-making if we look at what are the impacts of the places where we cut. And some cutbacks on inputs are going to have bigger impacts on output than others. And so the easiest way to deal with uh, both the reduction in cost but also the potential impact on yields is to think about what is the cost per unit of output rather than thinking about budgeting on a per acre basis. In the article, Profit Isn't Just About Cost Per Acre that was released by Purdue back at the end of October, you made three points backing up budgeting on output cost. Could you elaborate on those for our listeners? Budgeting based on cost per bushel makes it a whole lot easier to compare relative to your revenue because most, well, not most, all of corn is priced as a price per bushel. So whether you're doing your marketing on the uh, Chicago Board of Trade or the Chicago Mercantile Exchange or taking corn to your local elevator, they're all going to price it in uh, dollars per bushel. And so it probably makes comparison easier to line up uh, our cost per bushel relative to output revenue streams. The second thing to consider then is that agriculture is an industry that relies on some pretty substantial fixed costs. So the cost of land is a relatively fixed cost in our input decisions, and so small changes in yield can have a big impact on the average fixed cost, which can have a big impact on the average total cost because of uh, spreading out those costs over fewer units. So even if it seems logical to cut back on some inputs and that would reduce our cost per acre, the fact is that we're still going to have to pay the cash rent or we're still going to have to generate a return to our equity investment in that land regardless of what the outcome is. So that's another important factor to consider. And then the other thing that's important is for folks to think about the impact of different cuts are going to have different impacts, different changes to our yields and different changes to our outputs. And so just doing a good job of budgeting and doing some sensitivity analysis can help make a more informed decision than simply budgeting on a per acre basis and trying to reach some target out there for total cost per acre. A lot of people have been talking about cutting input cost, cutting cash rents. Is there anything that you think farmers need to be aware of when budgeting for next year that may not be on their minds? Um, well, so one thing that I would share that surprises me, it would not have been my intuition, is that the folks at the University of Illinois have done some good research about the relationship between commodity prices and land values and cash rents. And what surprises me is that uh, our land values, the prices that people pay to buy land, 
adjust faster relative to commodity prices than do cash rents. And that seems unintuitive to me because typically when we think about buying a piece of land, we think of that being a long-term investment, and we typically think of uh, uh, rental agreements being shorter term, whether they're a year or maybe a short three or four years. They're still clearly shorter, and so it surprises me that they don't adjust faster. And what that maybe suggests to me is that in the past four or five years as we had run-up in corn prices and soybean prices, that producers being good um, businessmen uh, understood sharing some of that value and shared it with their landlords, and maybe it's just going to take some confidence to go back to that landlord and say, uh, uh, as we ran up in corn prices and and revenues and profitability, I shared some of the good side with you, and uh, can we think about how we share in some of this downside uh, leaner times, and so um, particularly because uh, those cash rents tend to be fixed, and we're expecting lower prices, uh, it might be a wise decision to try and renegotiate. And on the subject of renegotiating cash rents, we've actually got another podcast looking at cash rents from a landlord's perspective that you can find on our website, TalkingCrops.com. And again, Michael, thanks so much for coming on the show. Glad to have you. All righty. Thank you, sir. At AgFacts, we're serious about crops. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Or you can keep up with the latest news in agriculture at agfax.com. That's A-G-F-A-X dot We'll keep you informed. Copyright AgFax, LLC. All rights reserved.